0: Frateloni's Ace Hardware Stores, all throughout the Twin Cities, my personal Frataloni's is at Grand and Dale in St. Paul, brings you this podcast. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production,
1: Chris Revers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee.
0: Here is your flashlight, King, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. I'm looking at a big story in the Los Angeles Times about a problem of nature which we can't control. That does sound uh, does sound terribly significant. It's in a part of the world I'm familiar with. Uh, it's a near. Uh, it's in Imperial County near the Salton Sea. Which is, uh, oh, I don't know, south and uh, east of Palm Springs area.
2: Okay, right, got her.
0: And what's happening is there's a muddy spring that's mysteriously moving towards railroad tracks, a pipeline, and a highway, threatening to destroy them. Uh, there's there's no evidence suggesting this is an immediate precursor to a large earthquake," said U.S. Geological Survey geophysicist Kent Hudnut, who visited the moving spring in July. In fact, the area has been seismically quiet. Hudnut and other—that's a funny name, isn't it? Hudnut.
2: Well, we were just joking. Well, off the I'm sure you were. were. Kent Hudnut. You really have to stop and think about what you're Ken, saying. Ken,
0: Ken Hudnut.
2: Oh, Ken, not Kent. He's
0: the owner of the Mud Spring. Hudnut and other experts stress the movement is not seismic activity, but it's occurring partly as a result of historic earthquake activity that caused cracks, allowing gases produced deep underground to reach the Earth's surface. The biggest worry is that the slow-moving scientific mystery could become destructive in other ways. In its path are Union Pacific freight railroad tracks that connect the Inland Empire to Yuma, Arizona. A petroleum pipeline owned by Kinder Morgan, one of North America's largest energy companies, a stretch of fiber optic telecommunications lines owned by Verizon and a portion of Highway 111, a major roadway connecting Interstate 10 in the Coachella Valley to the California-Mexico border. It's a slow-moving disaster, said Alfredo Estrada, Imperial County's fire chief and emergency services coordinator. And if you look at the video of this, it's grotesque.
2: All right, I gotta find Smells
0: it. like rotten eggs. Mm. Uh, Imperial County declared an emergency this summer, enabling officials to expedite efforts to prevent damage and perhaps even stop the movement of the spring from getting closer to the railroad tracks. So far, that hasn't worked. Uh, Officials have been trying to drain water from the moving spring. Union Pacific built a 100-foot-long wall of large boulders and steel more than 75 feet deep in the earth in an effort to protect the railroad. But in October, the muddy spring sneaked underneath the wall, moving it ever closer to the railroad tracks, which I would imagine would cause the railroad tracks to collapse if the spring undermines the earth under the railroad tracks. Erosion. Overall, the pit, which produces a faint odor of rotten eggs, has moved more than 240 feet from where it was documented as being a decade ago. Based on publicly available satellite images, the spring hadn't appeared to move much until roughly 2015, Hudnut said, but movement became particularly noticeable earlier this year. Uh, The pictures are extraordinary. What I like about this, too, is that so far man is not being blamed for this.
2: Oh, isn't there a... You Go deeper, huh?
0: No, it's not. Man cannot be blamed for this. The spring has been traveling much like a moving sinkhole with carbon dioxide bubbling up from a pool in a ditch with the mud about 30 feet and 40 feet below the desert surface. As the spring moves through soft sedimentary rock called mudstone, it leaves behind a sunken sodden trail below the desert surface, according to Hudnut. Geologically, how mud springs form is somewhat similar to how sinkholes form, movement of liquid deep underground that undermines the Earth's surface. Imperial County officials said the muddy spring of interest has been documented since the 1950s and hadn't moved for decades.
2: Are you looking at it? I'm looking at it right Isn't now. Isn't it Amazing. Yes.
0: Signs of movement were detected years ago, said David Lynch, a geophysicist who has been studying Muddy Springs for 12 years. It was only in the last six months that it picked up enough speed that it began to pose a threat to man-made infrastructure.
2: If you look, I went to the LA Times website and they have a a graphic showing the location in March of 2015 and Mm -hmm. now where it is July 30th, 2018. And it's buttoned right up against those railroad tracks. It's just a matter of time. Uh,
0: Muddy Springs have been well-known features of Imperial County Salton Trough for decades. They are not like Old Faithful at Yellowstone, a hot spring that involves water circulating underground. This spring in question is actually only about 80 degrees Fahrenheit, Hudnut said. It's bubbling not from boiling water, but carbon dioxide being created from deep underground the earth's surface. Hmm. And I read this whole story, I'm not going to read you the whole story. But I read the whole story, and I was I was thankful to learn that uh we're not being blamed for this.
2: There was no sighting of uh, man, human.
0: Uh, the carbon dioxide is probably being formed as a result of the geologic processes deep underneath this part of California. As thousands of years of loose sediment dumped by the Colorado River get pushed deeper underground, where there's more pressure and heat, the material is getting cooked and transformed into sandstone or greenskist rock, which produces carbon dioxide. Mister Hudnut said. Sounds like a character on the Carol Burnett show.
2: <laughs> you, know, you get in here, Mrs. Headnut. <laughs> uh Imagine that, though. Just year, thousands and thousands of years of what's going on in Mother's belly, mm-hmm. uh, and we can do nothing about it.
0: Mm-hmm. The movement of Muddy Springs... That sounds like a blues singer.
2: Yeah, I was just... there's a, Muddy Springs there's at a, the Orpheum Theater. Many ways to go there.
0: The movement of Muddy Springs is not unheard of. Max Rudolph, an assistant professor at UC Davis who studies geothermal activity in the Salton Trough, said similar features in other areas have moved, but it has taken decades or longer for there to be noticeable movement. We know that in the 19th century, before the Salton Sea was present in the Salton Trough, Early travelers described a treacherous environment with bubbling mud pots and springs that made travel across the trough nearly impossible, mm. uh, indicating that geothermal activity in that area has dramatically changed over hundreds of years. The Salton Sea was formed accidentally in 1905 when the Colorado River breached its banks. Onlookers uh, will be wise to stay away from the spring. If people were to fall in, the toxic air and lack of oxygen would suffocate them, Lynch said. But the carbon dioxide thins out within a few feet of the hole. Hmm. Uh, all right, let me get back. Doesn't to the, sound like good swimming. Well, let me get back to the beginning. Why uh, this is even becoming uh, newsworthy in the first place? Uh, if you'll excuse me, I'll have to go right back to the very uh, beginning.
1: As long as you're doing that, you you raised something I thought was pretty interesting. What? I hope so. The name of the uh, the name of the California fire chief again? Uh, okay, I gotta find that. I don't know.
2: Kent. Kent. Muddle. Uh, uh, why why is
1: that important? Oh, I, I just uh, okay. If you can't find it, it's not a big deal. Well, I, I
0: can, but I can't right no, now. Now he's rainmanning uh, he, it, happen, of course. Sorry, uh, he,
1: but... see, he had a Hispanic name. Was that? Did that catch your attention? Well, I, yeah, I, I believe it was. Um, I believe the last name was Estrada, which I found interesting because, as we all know, Alfredo Estrada. Yeah, the, Alfredo uh, Estrada. Because Eric Estrada, of course, was famous for his role with the California Highway Patrol. Why? Why does God punish me
2: like this? I think they're both working for state. Workers. They must have yeah. been. Yeah, right, I mean, right. family. Well, can uh, I go back to the
0: beginning? Uh, uh, of why smile. this is uh, obviously gaining the attention of uh, nervous L.A. Times uh, types and Californians? Tell me. It's. It, this is where the San Andreas Fault starts. Sure, it starts right at this at the site Ew. of this mud spring that is now moving. And they're quick to say, this is not necessarily evidence uh, that the big one is imminent, but it's got their attention. The seismic activity has been relatively quiet. Uh, but they're, they're as much as saying, it's coming. the reason we have our eye on this is, this is at the very heart of the, uh, of the origins of the
2: San Andreas Fault. And, what, well, and we can't do anything about it. You can't throw money at it. You can't do anything but sit there and wait.
0: Can't do a thing about it because man cannot control nature. Uh, all man can do, man, people, Human. hu- hu- humans, man. All, all man can do is uh, try to protect the man-made infrastructure, including a rail line, a pipeline, and fiber optic lines that are all now in danger because— the earth's going to do what it wants to do. It's in charge. It's
2: in charge. Why would you ever want to live in that area?
0: Not many people do. I mean,
2: you'd be wincing.
0: The Salton Sea was once a very popular resort area in the 50s. And now that's... It's uh, it's now, it's a, a stink why, hole.
2: Why don't people live there because of this? Because of the stink hole or because of because the it's threat? A, uh,
0: no, it just, it's just an unpleasant smell and and what have you. It's a remote, it's essentially remote okay. Uh but as the Palm Desert, California area grows, the new golf courses and developments get closer and closer and closer to this.
2: No way. Mm-hmm. I would not. I would not want to live there. Okay. I would live there in fear. All right. Just like the airbag phobia, the blow phobia that you have when you're driving, <laughs> I would not want to live. Well, there. what
0: you need then is a good night's sleep on one of Mike Lindell's mattress toppers. you not kidding. No, Mike invented the My Pillow, and now he's invented the uh, My Pillow mattress topper. Three unique layers designed to provide support, distribute your weight, and provide a great body temperature to keep you comfortable at night. Zippered removable cover is also washable and dryable. But here's the best part. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars on a new mattress. These uh, mattress toppers can rejuvenate your bed. Uh, 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee, seven sizes from Twin to Cal King. And Mike is offering a special offer to GL Podcast listeners now through December 31st. You can save 30% on any MyPillow mattress topper and get two MyPillow standard pillows when you enter the promo GL at checkout. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the mattress topper button on the homepage, and enter the promotional code GL at checkout. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. We mentioned the uh, Halloween blizzard of 1991 yesterday. And uh, emailers weighed in on their memories. I love hearing that. I Uh, love
2: the email feature.
0: uh, David and Laura... Uh, say we were living on our farm in North Branch on Halloween 1991. I happened to be in town on Halloween morning and heard on the radio that there was a big storm moving in, so I went to the store and bought everything I could think of for a turkey feast. Turkey, fixings for stuffing, sweet taters, corn in a can, apples, you know. Got home before noon, and the snow started shortly after that. The next morning, we woke up to four feet of snow with the wind howling. My wife got started on the turkey dinner. They couldn't be beat, and I went out to try to get water open for the cows. The water in the tank had frozen over, and then a huge drift covered it up. you remember how surprisingly cold this storm was? I ended up making a tunnel through the drift and got the water open again. The snow continued all day. We enjoyed our turkey dinner and apple pie and went to bed listening to the wind still howling. Wow. Saturday morning, it was still snowing and blowing. Our mission for that day was to keep the water tunnel open for the cattle and eat leftover turkey. About 5 p.m. that evening, there was a knock on the door. A young couple from the town of North Branch had bought a new 4x4 and decided to see if they could make it to her father's house down the road from our place. They left town at 8 a.m. that morning, thinking that driving the seven miles from North Branch would be no problem for their new 4x4. They finally made it to our road, but got stuck a few hundred yards from our house at 5 p.m. Wow. It took a tractor to pull them out of the snow drift and down to the neighbor's house. The lesson? A four-by-four four in the wrong hands just allows you to get stuck farther away from the road. <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks after the big storm, the snow was nearly all melted. Thanks for helping us to remember some good times. Good luck. David and Laura in Bydgoszcz, Poland.
2: Oh, David now and in Poland. Poland. Yeah, it's our buddy David in Poland. Yeah. B-Y-D-G-O.
0: Spell it, Rook. B-Y-D-G-O. B-Y-D-G-O. S Z
2: S Z C Z C Z. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let me give. The this a dosage, shot. But Goshech, um, but he told me how to pronounce it, but oh, I don't remember. And
1: in fact, did we not get uh, an update? Speaking of your people, Rook via email.
2: What 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 this was?
1: The the email from lawyer listener Terry Kelsey.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, it was just a uh, what the pyramids would have looked like if the Polish people would have made them. Yeah. They were just a bunch of pierogies on top with uh, <laughs> some uh, Polish sausage.
0: Uh, Billy Stein up in Aiken reminds us that the great Halloween blizzard of 91 went east to contribute to being part of what? You should remember this. Um, Movie was made about it. The Perfect Storm.
2: Oh, oh that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. With Sebastian Younger. Uh, yeah, we, who, who was
0: one of the lousiest guests I've ever he interviewed was pretty in my life.
2: Bad. Yeah, he was not good. Yeah. Guests we'll never have
1: again.
0: Amore Towles is the favorite guest I've ever had. Man, was he good yesterday. I just love the part about how people in New England used to name their kids after uh, virtues as, as opposed to saints.
2: Isn't that interesting? I had no idea. You know, I,
0: I because I'm now so technologically advanced, uh, I listened to the podcast yesterday. Just, like just to listen to the interview with him. Just, and I enjoyed it tremendously. Yeah, of course you would. Uh, oh, yeah, here, just a minute. Uh, the moron who shot up the synagogue in Pittsburgh.
2: That's Bowers.
0: The the anti-Semitic truck driver accused of gunning down 11 people at a Pittsburgh synagogue. Uh, he pleaded not guilty today.
2: Uh, Due to th- he wasn't there or insanity?
0: Well, thus begins the game. The... That his defense team is probably going to play to try to keep him off death row. He was arraigned one day after a grand jury issued a 44-count indictment that charges him with murder, hate, obstructing the practice of religion and other crimes. It was second his second brief appearance in a federal courtroom since the weekend massacre at Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. And this this idiot pleaded not guilty. Uh uh, the panel issued the indictment as funerals continue for the victims. Uh, that's all I have on this, but he's pleaded, uh, not, not guilty.
2: Well, I hope he gets his.
0: How do you plead? Not guilty, Your Honor.
2: Nope. Uh, See you later. Even
0: though I'm sitting here with wounds that I had to, mm-hmm. uh, that I experienced from the cops shooting me because they, they took me out. They kept me from killing more people, but
1: I'm I'm pleading not guilty. And I was treated by a Jewish doctor and Jewish nurses. Jewish doctors
0: and nurses took care of me. Uh, I'm not guilty. As I still screamed at them. Oh, my God. Honest to God. I don't know what to do.
2: I don't know what to do. Just keep plugging away and pushing back. That's what we're doing. I, got, I wear my pushback T-shirt all the time. Good. Yeah. That's probably one of the best GL—that's uh, uh, one of the best— um, t-shirt concepts we've had.
0: You know what we're going to have to do next year, don't you? What? You know perfectly well what we're going to have to do. I know. As the, as the podcast yep. grows I already knew that. Oh. I do too. As the podcast grow not every day, not every day, but we should arrange to do a couple of uh, maybe each Friday at the fair do our podcast from the fair. Would that be possible even? I don't even know if that's possible. Yes. And you know what? But it's, it would reconnect us with GLers. It's,
2: it's only possible if we hear from the public. If they demand it, then we have to do it. So if well, it's a little s-
0: early to start the push. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying it would it it would be fun. It, Not it,
1: every day. It could I'm get put my foot down on that. Right. A little bit um, tricky in that um, one of your producers now would be free once the show was over. What? Because I won't have to stay and babysit Pat for three more hours after we're done. Well that be? Oh, you'd yeah. You'd enjoy that, huh? Unleash. Yeah, we don't want to see that
2: magic. <laughs> We'd enjoy <huh>? that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we could do it just like a regular on-air show. We still have our guests. and Of course we could. Why am I doing this now? It's November I'm, 1st. I'm glad that with you me? always I'm yell glad at you, us. What's it's, wrong with it's me? It's like
2: playing hearts. He just broke the ice. He did. He just played his first heart and <laughs> broke the ice. What and now we're. with me? Now it's only going to gain. Now it's only going to gain. Hey, you know what, Joe? Huh? See, it's a fair. Yeah.
0: University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nine. Here's Joe Sucherey. Aaron in Hamel, Minnesota, just emailed me. Uh, And he writes, After all the discussion about offensive Halloween costumes this week on the podcast, I believe you said it would be hard to think of a costume that does not offend anyone. Attached is a picture of my son, Leo, dressed as an owl. Was this a good choice by the boy, or could it be that he's offending our avian allies? Oh, it's a wonderful choice. I I dealt with a pumpkin, a black cat, and a banana. Uh
2: Aha! Those Those are all inoffensive, aren't
0: they? Yeah. Look at this kid. That's a good owl costume. (laughs) Yes, it is. And he he notes, P.S. I did not uh, include a picture of the CP as she was dressed up as Super Mario, quite obviously offensive to both Italians and plumbers. (laughs) 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 And our friend in Montana, Scott Matura, the chef. Yes, Yes. my former classmate. Now, you you correct me if I've done this before. He sent me some uh, information uh, regarding literally windmilling. Did we ever? Yes, we did. I don't recall saying this. What he's, uh, what he, uh, he re emailed it to me.
2: Okay, so uh, I'll know right away. But I, I thought we that the
0: windmills in uh, Livingston, Montana, had to be taken apart and forgotten about because it, it, they couldn't use them to generate power. It
2: wasn't making any money. No, then power. I didn't do this.
0: You mentioned windmilling on the Tuesday podcast. That being Tuesday, maybe Whatever. a month was, ago. Right. And that the large windmill north of Elk River sel- uh, seldom moves or no longer moves altogether. If you pass through southern Idaho or Palm Springs or more broadly the Coachella Valley, which we were just talking about with the Mud Springs, right. you will see dozens or even hundreds of massive white windmills, sometimes referred to as wind turbines. In Livingston, Montana, the next town over from us out here, they have been disassembled and removed altogether altogether. In all of these locations, I often saw large percentages of these windmills not turning. Livingston, Montana is the windiest city in Montana. It sees, on average, 246 days a year with sustained winds over 30 miles an hour, and on average, 13 days a year with sustained winds over 65 miles an hour. Those winds are called the catabatic winds, or winds coming down slope from the eastern side of a mountain range into a warmer valley. It seemed to me that that was ample wind to power such windmills. Hmm. I asked a local engineer once—this is why you learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design, because I found this very interesting. I asked a local engineer once why the Livingston windmill seldom turned and eventually disappeared. It turns out that in Livingston, it is a veritable Greek tragedy, since the irony is that the wind is too strong. The wind had (laughs) (laughs) to— The wind had the power to push those massive blades too fast, which had, as he called it, extremely dangerous possibilities. What in fact was happening in the inner workings was that there were gears and bearings inside to hold back against the wind, and no bearings could hold up very long without burning out from reverse pressure. It became too costly to continually replace, so they were all scrapped. He couldn't speak for all the inactive uh, windmills in Coachella or Idaho, but he said it was entirely possible in those locations.
2: (laughs) That's the ultimate, ultimate ultimate windmill. You can't have a
0: greater example of windmilling than that. What
2: was the problem with this windmill?
0: Too windy. (laughs) (laughs) The bearings, I can see that, though. The bearings were burning out from trying to hold the blades back. You're right. Ah. Perhaps this could serve as an example of what I would submit to the mayor for Garage Logic lexicon as the Greek tragedy alongside windmilling and power washing. A previous Garage Logic example of a possible Greek tragedy might be the rush to eliminate plastic bags only to find out the cotton bags came with a much higher carbon footprint. Always pushing back Scott Mature, executive chef at Buck's lodging and dining.
2: Damn, I got to get up there to see Scotty.
0: Wouldn't that be a fun trip? There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. They had to take down the windmills because it was too windy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Too damn windy. Oh, no. (laughs) What? What happened? We had Kenny on yesterday. Yeah. And we were talking about trick-or-treating. Yep. And our gal, Carrie Klatt, uh, who used to work here, who now never misses a podcast online at garagelogic.com, Well, she posted that photo I showed you guys earlier. Oh, good Lord. Of the candy bars in a bucket that says, hey, guys, that's a hot dog in the bowl. Looks like it's half eaten. Do you think it's Kenny really handing out hot dogs? I know that this person lives in his neighborhood. Well, Kenny retweeted it. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) he says, nope, wasn't me. Ran out of hot dogs. Had to go to the backup plan. Spoons full of cottage cheese. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> here you go, kid. Hey, take a gob here. Oh, <laughs> gross. That's even grosser <laughs> than the hot dog. Oh, oh my
1: God. Those. Here, open
2: your mouth. Here we go. A little spoonful of cottage cheese ought to be good for you. That's just dreadful.
1: Do you want a hot dog or a spoonful of cottage
2: cheese? No, sir. We're just going to egg your house.
0: <laughs> do you realize the three of us, uh, by virtue oh. of having been born white, which we had nothing to do with... uh. Are, we are a bigger terror threat to the country than no. anyone else. No, yeah, yeah, well, CNN's Don Lemon said that, and he's doubling down. Uh, he said the evidence is overwhelming, that we are the danger. Uh, earlier this week, Lemon said, I made some comments about that in a conversation with Chris Como. I said that the biggest terror threat in this country comes from the radicals on the far right, primarily white men, that angered some people. But let's put emotion aside and look at the cold, hard facts. The evidence is overwhelming. Lemon then referred to a government accountability office report that says since September 11, 2001, terror attacks, right-wing extremists have killed 106 people in 62 different attacks in the U.S., while Islamist extremists have killed 119 people in 23 different attacks. I guess Lemon can excuse the 3,000 people on September 11, 2001.
2: He doesn't factor that in, huh?
0: Lemon cited another story that showed that for every eight deadly attacks by right-wing extremists, there was only one by left-wing extremists. So, people who were angered about it, what I said, are missing the entire point, Lemon said. We don't need to worry about people who are thousands of miles away. The biggest threats are my home, are homegrown. The facts prove that. Mm. All right. The defense comes after Lemon on Tuesday he said that white men, most of them radicalized to the right, were the biggest terror threat after urging people to stop demonizing people. We have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men. Well, isn't Lemon then demonizing white men? I thought he wanted to stop demonizing people.
2: Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but the white man—it's okay. It, All right, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. No, there's gonna be no pushback. Are you okay with it? I'm, you know, at this point. Reed, you the okay? Hell. Sure, I'm okay. Oh, I'm okay.
0: because uh, yeah, I, I don't sure. have any plans to uh, commit any acts of terror. No, you?
2: I'm just, uh, I'm along for the ride, just waiting to see if San Andreas fault moves, Mud Springs, uh, that whole deal. windmill power
0: works. Uh, mm-hmm. Too windy. We have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized to the right. And I'm I i, I do not know very many, if any. I don't know if I don't think I know any white male radicalized to the right, whatever Lemon means by that.
2: Well that's I'm trying to think. What does he mean by that? That uh if if someone shoots up a, a temple or a school or yeah.
0: a, a and he says we have to start doing something about this. There is no travel ban on them. There is no ban uh there's no white guy ban. We should do something about it. Uh, CNN uh, will not comment on Lemon's uh, remarks. Oh, they're smart. A oh. CNN spokeswoman told the Associated Press that neither Lemon nor the network would speak more about the uh, issue ahead of Lemon's remarks on Wednesday. So uh, Don uh, Don has a uh, a case that he's making that uh, that white men are the are the problem. Uh, somehow he's overlooking the. Uh, the three thousand that got wiped out uh, on September 11, 2001.
2: Well, yes, but uh, and, and okay, so we have a whole bunch of white people in this country. I think
0: what Don is saying is, uh,
2: uh, you fools
0: out there that don't appreciate the immigrant caravan the way I do, uh, you're you're really the problem. You know, I don't have a problem with somebody that wants to live in this country. Best damn country in the world.
2: You mean if somebody wants to come to this country and settle down? Yeah.
0: Okay, me too. But I have
2: a, I have an
0: observation. Invariably, uh, in all the pictures I've seen of the caravan, yep. I see somebody carrying a Honduran flag. Well, oh wait a minute. Are you coming to America to be an American? Or are you coming to America to continue being a Honduran? It's a good point because it didn't work in your homeland. That's why you left. If you so treasure your homeland, that you're dragging along your country's flag and occasionally displaying it when you think there's cameras around, then why are you leaving Honduras?
2: Yeah. Most likely you're coming up here for, uh, what you, uh, uh, see as freedom, free to do what you want, free to adapt to, uh, the American lifestyle. Well, our
0: friend, the undertaker, Mm -hmm. he pointed out an interesting, he grew up on the East side of St. Paul Uh, and knew many uh, uh, immigrant families in the neighborhood as he was a kid. He had a great observation. Hmm. Immigrants used to come to America desperate to be Americans. And now immigrants come to America to live in America. There's a big distinction.
2: That's a pretty good point.
0: Well, but, but I think if you're carrying the Honduran flag, the flag of Honduras, doesn't that kind of rest his point?
2: Yeah, because as soon as you come here and live here, you should be waving the American flag saying... I'm free. I don't have a dictator uh, taking my money. I don't have a dictator telling me how to live. Man, a life. You know, come on in, but uh, you're coming to America.
0: You, you can leave your old flag behind. What's going to happen when they get here, by the way? Have we figured that out? I have not. Or we have not. Well, now Trump's talking about as many as 15,000 troops.
2: And there's a train. Did you see the video of the train uh, full of um, tanks and so forth? I have not. Okay heading to I, I, what I would assume would be that location, mm-hmm. wherever that may be.
0: I'm not personally <sighs> fearful of the caravan, but I'm very doubtful of their intentions. What do you mean?
2: You don't think they're coming I here think to if go work?
0: I think if you're carrying the flag of your country, you're coming here and and you're going to insist <clears> that
2: you, you, you that should, your demands are being met. Yeah,
0: that you should have a Honduran community. Well, no, come on in and be an American.
2: As opposed to going to a bakery or a grocery store or a a, a, a bank and, and start to, to work here. Earn an honest living yeah, and if, yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of um, I don't know, kind of adapt to our way. Right? This isn't Friday, is it? Nope. No, it's Thursday. Your show
0: day. Well, the beer show's tonight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's live on Real Radio. That's right. Dude.
2: Yeah, but it's all done, man. Halloween's over. It's kind of a
0: what's that got to do with a beer show?
2: <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about today. I just realized that no more build-up. All no Saints more... Day today. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's Thanksgiving's coming. Used to name people after virtues instead of saints.
2: It is all Thanksgiving, and I'm going to have to start promoting my uh, my turkey, my White Castle stuffing recipe. See you tomorrow. All right, gang, we will see you tomorrow. Garagelogic.com is where you find everything, including Greg Holcomb's latest comic. It is fabulous. Garagelogic.com. Click on Features, and don't forget to rate that podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time, the Garage Logic Podcast. Happy post-Halloween.